You haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. Uh, Outdoor Adventure, so much the airwaves. This is the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, our Brandon Long. On belay with you for the next about 40 minutes or so. Long for the ride is the best co-host in all the land. Todd of the top. Totters, how are you? Hey, all right. Uh, we're hanging out today inside the Monarch Building, inside Banyan One, inside the Monarch Building, in the heart of the Nine Rails Arts District. Um, on this week's show, we do have a weekly happy and on the docket, and we have a crew here to tell us about all the things happening at Powder Mountain, which is very important this month, week, weekend, whenever it's coming up, So, which is good. Yeah. A bunch of stuff going on. A bunch of stuff going on. <clears throat> JP's here for that part. And then uh, we have the ladies to give us some on-mountain information as well. I hope. I hope. That's the plan. We'll go over on the docket. We have in the news, including a ski report. <clears throat> we might actually get snow. Ben Lowen airlift. If Romney says so. Alta death, moderate avalanches, a raging moose, Moab climbing sabotage, death in Death Canyon, winter at the Winter Olympics. We'll give you something worth watching, give you a Gear 30 segment, including 15% off something in the store. Two brands are collabing on a new airbag system. Do you guys know? Do you know? No. No? Okay. Uh, my land segment includes Zion is unstainable and the mega drought. We have didn't make the cut. Todd, you want to? I'll give you the heads up now. You can think about this. We'll start right. now. We'll think. Okay, didn't make the cut. Uh, Chili's Sandboard World Cup, <clears throat> Stormtroopers ski as punishment, or the best ski bum job. Okay, we'll give you a quote of the week. All of this and outdoor ju- jukebox. All this and more on the Ogden Outdoor Adventures Show, episode three eighty six. Raging Moose, Sabotage, and Powder Mountain Celebration. So let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat, flashes routes faster than UPS, is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. Totters, how things? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, can you turn my headphones up just a little bit? Oh, yeah. I wonder which ones yours are. That's it. Is that what it? That's okay. It. Thank you. You're fully wired now. Yeah. Anyway, oh, a quick thank you. you to Roosters for keeping us hydrated. All, all hydrated. This yeah. uh, same, uh, what is it? Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy We're Valentine's all podcasting Day. on Valentine's Day. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. You're all my Valentine's today. <laughs> uh, we we put you with two lady friends yeah, on you. the couch. Happy Valentine's Day. No, so, yeah. Ditto. <laughs> All right, this week's Weekly Happy is a, a snow so, source, powder source, a powder source. It is a four-year-old girl, snowboarder, in a dinosaur onesie. Oh, this is adorable. And her dad mic'd her up, and so we get to hear what she says. Let's see. Oh, whoops. Well, that's not it. Let's that's try. what she listens to. That's what she listens to. We'll yeah. turn that off. It's a little rough there. All right. Let's try this. Secret path. Oh, yes, sweaty dad. Someone's in our secret path. This way. You'll slip. I won't fall. Maybe I will. That's okay. 
Because we all fall. Happy Monday. <laughs> and she's alone. She's just alone talking to herself. <laughs> she fell. Let's go down this big old hill. <laughs> the cutest thing ever. Oh. Wee woo! Wee woo! Wee woo! What kind of dinosaur are you? And she's uh, stuck in the snow. Powdersaurus! Powdersaurus. <laughs> Powdersaurus. There's one more source coming up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ah! She can't get her snowboard out. I'm a stuckosaurus. Stuckosaurus. Let's go, Dad. Oh, my God. I'm Let's a stuckosaurus. Go in that secret path. Oh, God. So cute. Okay, that is this week's weekly happy. Um, Dad's going to have stuff. to start managing that kid. That's yeah. the start right there. Yeah. There's going to be more videos. That's what Michelle sounds like when I follow her around. <laughs> <laughs> On a snowboard, Wee at least. Woo! <laughs> Wee woo! We got a Mike Michelle <laughs> going down one of these times. Okay, so on the docket. There is tap takeover each weekend on Earl's Plaza at Snow Basin. This weekend is Utah. Next weekend, Sawtooth Brewing, Wasatch Brewery. The following, and then March 12th and 13th, Keto's Brewing. March 19th through 20th, Roja. The 26th through 27th, Melvin, and then the second April 2nd through the 8th is Squatters. We have Banff, Banff Mountain Film Festival World Tour this weekend, Friday and Saturday, at Peary's Mountain, Peary's Egyptian Theater Mountain. It's the mountain weekend. That's Okay, Winter Trail Series Full Moon Snowshoe Hike through Weber State is the 16th, and the, wait, what is this? The Powder Mountain 50th Anniversary Celebration. What is that? Do we know anything about this? I don't know. I saw an article about this. <laughs> so J, JP's here, but like maybe Channel 4 did a better job. Can you tell us where they went wrong? Wait, with what? There's an article. Powder Mountain to host 50th Anniversary Celebration over President's Day weekend. I missed the article, so, I guess. Okay. Uh, this is Channel, Channel 4, abc4.com. Um, Saturday, February 19th, Uena Brewery Beer Garden at the bottom of Hidden Lake Lift. That's a, th that's a thing. That's a thing? Okay. Yeah. Iceman Special performing in the Powder Keg. That'll be fun. Who's Iceman? They're a band from New Orleans that are friends with uh, our booking agent, and they like to throw a party. New Mar Mardi Gras beads and the whole, the whole shebang. Does yeah. it ever get cold enough to be called Iceman in New Orleans? But yeah, cool. <laughs> Iceman special scavenger hunt around Powder Mountain Resort and the 50th gear giveaways throughout the day around the Powder Mountain. Saturday, Chris Lager performing in the Powder Keg, 2.30 to 5. That's Sunday. You're right. That was a test. <laughs> <laughs> I read it wrong. Uh, yeah. 50th anniversary pizza and pints at the Bower Lodge. 30 bucks a ticket. Must purchase in advance. That's Which five to sold eleven. Out. Sold Never mind. out earlier sold today. Out. But it, that's amazing. It's gonna be a party. Yeah. Hey, congrats on selling out. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's pizza and pints, you know, 150 people there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Oh, so good. Do the girls get tickets? No. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I know someone, but apparently I don't. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're out. You're out. Uh, the buffet from five to nine p.m. Pizza, salad, wings, and cookies. Cookies. Cash bar with you in a brewery tap takeover, and then Cap Brothers. Oh, Ogden Classic from six to eight p.m. And then Iceman from eight thirty to eleven. Okay. It's gonna be a party. It's a party. What do we miss? That's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, we'll hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. And bye. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs> Brandon, I'm so glad you read everything secondhand. I just yeah, tried to make it easy on him. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect. No, it's gonna be fun. Um, you know, trying to hook people up. We didn't didn't want to do too much, but 
you know, just give some swag away and have a good time for 50th. We got some Ooh. nostalgic postcards we'll be giving away and that kind of stuff. You know, we had great pictures that we dug up and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. That's awesome. President's Day weekend, busiest weekend of the year. So the people yeah. that are there are going to enjoy it. 50 years and um, JP's been there all 50. It's weird. Exactly. Yeah, it's I'm only 30. <laughs> what am I? 33. But <laughs> uh, We'll get to that in just a minute. So that sounds, that's pres- President's Day weekend. So mm-hmm. it's coming weekend already. Can you yeah. believe that? Yes. Unreal. Uh, all right. Is there anything else going on that we need to be concerned about? Well, on Sunday, I think Nicole said we're going to get a bunch of snow. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh. You don't want me to talk on this, though. It's pessimistic. <laughs> it's pessimistic. <laughs> That's what I keep getting told. I'm the marketing guy. I'm the optimist guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm the realist. Yeah. I'm on the realist side. Oh, that's so sad. Realism sucks. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Three inches in six weeks. That's what she said. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're setting records for February. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> what kind of record? That's a horrible record. Hey, it's still a record it's nonetheless. still a record. Okay. All right. Um, Rose Club, Ride Night at Powder Mountain. Mm-hmm. That is February First. 21st. It's 18 bucks, so it's like a ladies' night? Ladies' night, and contact the girls, Jess and uh, Michelle, okay. at the Rose Club, and they'll send you over a code. And then on top of that, we have an event on the 12th with them. Also, which should be registration March twelfth, yeah. which should be registration should open in the next day or two for that. So that's going to be a good one too. And that's what is that? That will be at sundown. More of a terrain park focused event. Kind of learn how to ride terrain park. Sweet. Um, yeah. Kind of what park. they do at the at Crossroads Skate Park, mm-hmm. uh, but just on snow. Wow, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, Adapt Demo Day at Snow Basin is on March 5th. Run of the Hills through Ogden Avalanche Nordic Valley is also on the 12th. March 19th and 20th. Actually, is that is that going to happen? Are we doing that? Run of the Hills? Are we on the record or off the record? We're on the record. <laughs> I believe record. we're doing Run to the Hills. I mean, there might be a snow issue, but that's another I'm pretty story. positive we're doing it, but I also was contacted to con- to potentially move it to the Base camp, bash. Oh, okay. You're looking yeah. at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we'll talk later. We may, <laughs> we may need to have another meeting. Is that going to be at Nordic again or will it, run to the hills? Yeah, I was going to be at Nordic, but I was texted recently to see if it would be worth just doing it the same weekend mm-hmm. as backcountries at the ski resort. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah, I think it was mostly like... As opposed to like two separate things. Okay, Nicole, just keep talking. I'm going to move a camera. You just keep going, girl. You're doing great. We'll just just pretend like we're in the office talking about like, should we do this event uh, on that day? or? or, uh, (laughs) (laughs) As far as I know, Run to the Hills is still scheduled for Nordic Valley, though. Okay. What are the dates of that? (laughs) March 9th, no, 12th, March 12th. Yeah, March 12th. As far as I know, it hasn't been changed, but I was hit up and I actually didn't think it was too bad of an idea but I think it'd be fun yeah okay oh shit now I'm, I'm do people know what run to the more. hills are is I don't know maybe you should explain it a touch it's just a scheme last year it was not a run to the hills it, it was, was like a, a slosh fest yeah it was a it was slosh <laughs> fest yes it was a pouring rain for I don't know what 32 hours straight or something like that yeah. running rivers and you had to bring your kayak and stuff <laughs> last year 
But heck, man, it was a good turnout. Oh, People that's, dressed up. And that's a fun event if you plan it that way. But when you don't plan it that way... Then the kayaks are not well, people there. Are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, people so. didn't show up with their kayaks. They felt <laughs> uninformed. Right, right. You know, so right, we got some right. negative reviews on that. Um, <laughs> you can't help the weather. <laughs> what the crap? No, uh, it's a schema race. It's But it's more of a, a, a laid back, you know, I don't know, wear your costumes. Yeah. Drink alcohol. Speaking of That sounds costumes, like most events up there. At Nordic Valley? Just anywhere on the Oh, okay. (laughs) Costumes and drinking. That's what I mean, yeah. So the backcountry base camp is March 19th and 20th. Should we chat about that? 18, 19, 20? Maybe. I have 19 through 20, but it might be 18, 19, 20. We're still finalizing some stuff on that one, but uh, that's a great event. You know, backcountry mag uh, travels around the country, really, and puts on this backcountry base camp, trying to educate people. Um, and giveaways, and the great thing about it is that it benefits usually uh, a nonprofit in the community, and it'll be Ogden Avalanche for the Powder Mountain one. That's weird. And it works out great for oh, you're wearing you're wearing yeah, a hat. Little <laughs> works out great for those <laughs> yeah. guys because they <laughs> they do their gear test at Powder the the following week. Uh, that one's close to public, but it's just um, it's great to you know have them here for ten days or so and. Having the whole backcountry mag gang here. God, I love it. That's a, that's a coup. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Okay, very good. Uh, then, like you mentioned, the Rose Club. There's another one on the 21st. Winter Trail Series, cross country ski at, through the Weber State Outdoor Program. That's at North Fork Park. SSCF Snow Basin Town Challenge on the 26th. Turn and Burn Race at Powder Mountain on April 2nd. That's turned into a cult classic. The Turn and Burn. Yeah, and actually, we just switched the date oh, to the shit. 9th. I'm gonna go ahead and update that. Yeah, thank uh, you. Am I? Yeah. Okay. The yeah, turn and burn is snowboards only, go fast, spring, fun times, and it'll be our closing weekend. Okay, this this way. Okay, JP. Yeah, uh, let's talk. This is business. Let's talk business. (laughs) I've heard this complaint before. Mm -hmm. You probably have too, right? It's the same complaint. Yeah, and and I heard it from Cody Lee. Okay, the turn and burn, which he can't miss, is always the same weekend. And I went over this with Daniel at the outdoor program as the climbing festival. Mm. And they can't do both at the same time, and it always pisses everybody off. Year? So what? when's the climb fest? So the, so it is, uh, well, it was in the fall of this last year because COVID screwed everything up. But the Ogden Climbing Festival is 8th, 9th, and 10th. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, those who like to do both those particular sports, mm-hmm. climb and snowboard, have to make a choice. Yeah. Uh, and that's, but that this is not the first year that's happened. Like yeah. it happens every year. <laughs> the reason why we moved yeah. it was the bomb hole is doing a, a bank slalom on the second at Brighton. And then the week before that, Snowbird is doing their bank slalom. So, oh, yeah. Now, if we're looking for the bank slalom people, yeah. we got to do it on that one. So, yeah. So yeah. who wins every year? Do you know? Cody's won yeah. once or twice. I know Aaron Bittner's won it. Last year it was um, Neil Provo, I believe. Oh, really? The Provo so brothers are yeah, famous. Yeah. Famous. So there's been some some big names winning the Open, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun event. Sweet. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say that the skiers are complaining that they can't participate, but you know, no. climbing. I would climbers, never. Who cares about those? I, guys? I would never complain about <laughs> the skiers not being able to participate. In that. <laughs> Uh, I think that's the point of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Island Climbing Festival is the 8th through the 10th. 
And then the end of season parties, the ninth, I guess, the same day as the turn and burn. Or yeah, we'll be on that? the tenth, ninth, tenth, ninth, the tenth. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I guess we should introduce our guests. They've been talking for. Oh, did it fall down? Oh, it's caving that in. On camera. It's caving in. Yeah, that's our famous <laughs> photo that we took. Um, okay, Nicole, tell what us up? tell us who you are. What do you do up at Powder Mountain? Oh, my name's Nicole, and I'm the snow safety director. And you're at Powder Mountain, right in between these two cameras. And so, look, both of them like only catch a section. Or two. <laughs> Which way do you yeah, want? Yeah, if me you to move go? closer to Todd, it looks a little. It's a nicer camera. It's <laughs> Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Hi, Todd. Hi. It's a <laughs> uh, safety director. No, not the safety director. Uh, I know who that is. The snow. See, snow. yeah, you know who that is. <laughs> the snow, snow safety, safety director. director. How much do you butt heads with the safety director? If Let's never. not go down that never? road. Ah. Okay. <laughs> now, well, it seems like you two would have a lot in common. You're looking out for the people. Right. 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 Just in different ways. In yes. different ways. Okay. Yes. Different okay. Ways. So what, like your day, what do you do? You wake, so yeah, I guess mountain, probably some people don't even know what a snow safety director is. They think I'm in charge of safety of the mountain. I guess, which is kind of true, but uh, my specialty is in the forecasting of weather and avalanches and then mitigating or uh, helping reduce hazards, I guess, with explosives or closures or ski cuts. So you understand snow. That's your I, yeah, I understand snow. I'm still learning. Yeah. But yeah, I understand snow. Who did you train yeah. under? How long have you been up there? Mm, this is my 20th season. What? This... <laughs> Yeah, I got DPB so by long. a couple years. So Greg Bean told me today that there's um, some people on the mountain, which maybe all three of you made this might be you, that whose parents were involved on the mountain, and that's maybe why you're there. Is that your correct? So my dad's there? still a ski patroller okay. on the mountain. He started off as a volunteer. I started off as a volunteer as well, and then kind of quickly realized that like school wasn't really going to get me anywhere. Mm, amen. And so yeah, and so. Um, <laughs> Todd's got homework to do. Today. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, no offense to anyone in <laughs> university right now. Uh, no, it just wasn't fit for like my, uh, what I wanted to do, I guess, yeah. if you will. And so I switched over some 11 or 12 years ago, maybe to full-time patrolling. Okay. Um, and then that kind of got me quickly like wrapped up in the world of avalanches and explosives. Uh, it's kind of like what you do if you're a full-time patroller. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I would say a couple, four, three, four years, I had someone that was like, I don't know if I annoyed him enough or I asked enough questions or he maybe actually liked me. I'm not quite sure, but he took me under his wing. And uh, Who, who's he? His name is Brian Pollock and okay. he's up in Canada now. Okay. And, yeah. tra and trained you to take his job. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like he kind of is the one that started showing me the ropes and literally because you, know, you have to act literally put the ropes yeah there are a couple ropes you have to throw yep yep mm -hmm. but yeah set me up on like an av uh i guess an avalanche education path if you will and started to give me more responsibilities and introduce me to i guess upper management and this and that which ended up there's like a progressive state you know when you're a patroller from you know a rookie or a candidate to a line patroller to we have different levels of patrollers but then you run into like a hill captain or a zone lead and then an assistant blaster and a lead blaster dude and i want to be an assistant blaster that sounds awesome yeah being an assistant blaster is not too bad like yeah. you get it's kind of like being a pa right okay versus like the doctor like yeah. you get to do yeah. this stuff but you're not like ultimately responsible for when 
shit hits the fan. Totally. Yeah, I'm yeah, down. yeah. PA is yeah. not a bad spot to okay. be. Assistant's not so a bad spot to be. You're responsible for everything, though. If something happens, yeah. bad happens. Yeah, regardless of like who is doing anything, ultimately, it's my fault or my problem if something goes wrong. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he kind of took me up the ranks, which actually ended up leading to uh, an assistant patrol director's position. And um, I don't want to talk shit on that position. Because the other person next to me is in it, but I quickly realized that wasn't for me. <laughs> I quickly realized that um, being on the snow for me wasn't like schedules and personnel issues. Mm. And it took me away from like my head in the snow. Yeah. Basically. And so uh, I so expressed, I'm sorry. That's your favorite thing about being up there. What's that? Is your head in the snow. Head in the snow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Feeling of the snow, like understanding the snow. Uh, it's like this weird fascination with like, I have like a huge fascination with avalanches and then have grown to have like a huge fascination of the psychology of decision-making behind, you know, what you're doing basically. So when, okay. So like a couple years ago when, um, it's a bunch of people passed away, I think in the Cottonwoods last year, was it last year? Mm -hmm. it's, It's time. So, and who were experienced, right? We're said to be experienced. Said yeah, experience. I don't know them. I okay. don't, you know, but yes, yeah, said but to be experienced. that's an incident that you might just spend time dwelling over, free, trying to think, like, how did this happen? Like, it should be Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, totally. I've yeah. read, like, the report a ton of times. Um, shoot, I can't remember everybody that did a talk on it from the UAC, but I know, like, Drew and Trent were part of it, and I've listened to the, uh, it was a podcast episode as well on the UAC's podcast, and I've probably listened to it, you know, eight to ten times probably, and read the reports, and like talk to friends of people that were in the accident and yeah like because you're there's no blame put in it um myself i've been there before i've been into avalanche accidents and so like there's no blame but you have to you have to like jump into the deep part to learn right yeah. to like well understand God, where that all hope, came from you hope not literally with the yeah avalanche, but that's yeah but like you know you like yeah, you got to like dissect people's decisions and why they did what they did. And it's no criticism. It's so you can learn a mindset, you know. Okay, so were you caught and carried? Um, I have been caught and carried. Scary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's scary. But it also gives you, now you know what that's like. I mean, you know, so when you're, you're talking about other yeah, people. Yeah, I yeah, I can like relate to... I mean, I can't relate to like a death. I haven't had to deal with a death and I haven't been. You haven't come back from the dead either. I not but, currently, not yet. Right. Yes. Hopefully. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. If I die, I can come back. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be yeah. good. Yeah. But I, I have felt that, you know, that um, immense amount of like shock that comes through like a decision that you made, you know, and, th- and that situation was like a, that was like a really like, like unique situation that's what so, I heard anyway. yeah like very very unique and very complex if you will it wasn't like a typical avalanche accident so all the guests on the mountain when they're skiing on the mountain it's up to you to make sure that they're in safe terrain is that, as safe as possible okay. yep as safe as possible yeah so we do our best we call it mitigate you used to hear the word control and uh, control is not a used... Yeah, can you control nature? No, yeah, exactly. So we do our best to manage or mitigate or reduce hazards. Okay. And there's an acceptable thing that we have, and then there's an acceptable risk that we don't have. And so if we can't manage 
it to what our acceptable risk is, then we close it. Are we mostly talking about avalanches or are we ever talking about other types of snow conditions like ice or something? That yeah, might- yeah, yeah, totally. So um, and that's that's like that's where it becomes like a little bit more of a collab between all operational departments, I guess you would say. But last year we had or like, no, not last year, two years ago, we had that big February 5th ice event, freezing rain event mm-hmm. that like absolutely. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd never seen that in my, at that time, you know, what, 18 years, like, um, and those things don't happen in large scales. So there was only like a couple areas that actually saw, saw that happen, but we had terrain closed for some, I think it closed March, like fifth and sixth, somewhere around there. And we didn't open it until like the ninth or 10th. And then you know, the virus came through and closed us on like the 13th or something like that. And so, yeah, so it was just really poor, dangerous skiing conditions. We had like about a quarter of an inch to an inch of ice around every surface that was feasible. could be touched. I mean, it was unskiable. It was like, if you slipped and fall, you were, you're traveling hundreds of vertical feet, you know? So yeah, that's, that's, but that's also a collab with like the patrol and the, the rest of the operational departments. That's not, that decision just doesn't lay on me. Okay, so without scaring us, right? Because we don't want to be scared. We want to feel very comfortable on the mountain. But any given season, how many close calls are there? You know, t- to be honest, like at a ski resort, from a guest, from a guest perspective, there's not that many. Mm-hmm. Um, like last season, I think was an anomaly, but last season was like an extremely tricky snowpack. Um, like seasons prior, you're always going to see like after storm cycles, depending on like the surface layers and the way that this snow stacks up and forms its hazard, its problem. Um, no matter what, like we can't hit every little micro pocket. Right. And so you're always going to have, it's a giant resort too. Well, all resorts are, it's not even like, it's not even just powder mountain, like everywhere is, even if you went down to like the smallest resort that has the least amount of avalanche train like Nordic. there's the, well, they don't ha- they do have a, a teeny bit of avalanche train yes but like you just you can't hit it all and ski through it all mm-hmm. so once again it goes back to that acceptable risk right so what are we willing to accept and what are we not and we have a threshold that if it crosses that and we can't manage it like i said earlier we close it so i would say guest wise like it's not that much that goes over our risk tolerance. Sure. But after big storms or storm cycles or heavy winds, you are going to have little pockets as you're skiing around an avalanche train that can come out post um, post us working through it, post control, I guess. You hardly ever hear of an avalanche inbounds in the States. Like sometimes you hear about it in Europe, but yeah. it hardly ever happens here. Yeah, and it... Yeah, we don't hear about it a lot. Yeah, because we're pretty good at our jobs for, how come, especially for how the How come we hear about them in Europe? Is that just because the mountains are so big? Yeah, I guess. Or like, do they suck at their jobs? I mean, No, be- they don't suck <laughs> at their jobs. <laughs> I just wondered. I mean, yeah, I bigger know. mountains. <laughs> because no, no one sues anyone in Europe. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah, true. maybe yeah. no sues. Like, as, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And the resorts, like, it's not on private property or you know, on somebody's land and you have mm-hmm. a lift and yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you have a very important job. How big of a team do you have when you get there in the mornings and uh, you got to tell everyone what to do? Like, 
So who's, who's all working for you up there? Yeah, so on just a standard day, I have we have four forecasters right now. Um, so those are the people that do we call them AM and PM hazard ass- assessments, if you will. So we check all the weather, collect all the telemetry, and then we forecast the day's weather and the day's avalanche hazard and how we're going to manage it. So there's four of us. There's two on per shift. So they have somebody to work with. And then we have um, five technicians. So they roll in like a zone, basically. So they're responsible for managing just any of the tasks that are in that zone. That's what's with me every single day, mm-hmm. right? So there's five of us scheduled every single day. Now, Dur- you're in ski pants right now. I am. So are you on the mountain assessing? As much as possible. Do you have like a like a computer set up with all the things and they're reporting to you? Yeah, a little bit. Like a little bit. I have, um, I have like a computer that's linked to all of our weather stations. And so that's how I collect all of our telemetry or our data, like our now data, our right now or what has happened overnight. But it, it, in order to be a good avalanche forecast, you got to be on the snow as much as possible. Sure. Skiing on the snow as much as possible. Okay. How, has February been like the easiest february ever so far it's easy is not yeah easy is like a hard word because you're dealing with like a group of people that want to be like extremely mentally challenged Mm. and so um like i almost did something very reckless today because i'm really bored it was so close it was so so yeah like to the point where like michelle (laughs) had to tell me not to do it and and i you know michelle's a trooper i'm just like we're bored right now you yeah. know so easy is a hard okay. like as far as like forecasting weather like yeah it's like sunny and warm you know sunny and warm <laughs> sunny and warm okay but tuesday and wednesday is your job how is your job going to change with this massive storm we're getting i think about I don't an, think it's about an inch change. two inches i mean what are we looking at i don't think it's going to change all that much uh, i would say a trace to two through thursday yeah but then on a on a control work morning though, or I'm sorry, mitigation morning, I still slip and say control work a lot. But on a mitigation morning, I rely on like way more than the than those five or six snow safety people. Um, a big part of our full time paid staff patrol do explosives work, mm-hmm. and so then at any given time, it's somewhere between like 24 to 38 people come in. Um, the first round of people show up at about 4.15 in the morning. Uh, the second round of people usually show up at like 5.40. And then we have a meeting and we're out the door. And these people so. literally just throw bombs. Yeah, yeah. So the first round of people show up and like dig everything out. They get the cats warmed up and started and they go build our explosives. Um, and then we have a 6.15 meeting. So typically that second wave comes in around 5.40. And I do, myself or one of our other forecasters does a briefing on what we think is going to happen, where we're going to go, what the operation plan is for the day. And then they are assigned to certain routes, if you will. And they go out and pop a bunch of shots off and uh, hopefully we open by 9 a.m. Is that what they say? Like, I'm going to go pop some shots. Yeah, or throw some burgers or, you know, yeah. This is the the fun job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did we miss? That was pretty good. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a busy JP's job. He's got a question. How, how many marketing causes me a lot? Yeah. I, bu- I bug her every morning. Calls me a lot. What are you doing? Boom. <laughs> Why are you answering my phone call? <laughs> <laughs> how much snow do we get? Are you sure that's how much snow we got? How, how many avalanche paths do we have on? Pepper? Oh, I 
or how many bombs we throw a morning? Okay, so a full like a full morning wall to wall would put us at probably 115 to 120 charges. Holy! Yeah, God. and I would say an average morning because we usually don't have to do the road, and if we have a big day, we usually step back from James Peak and Wyshoot and K2, so that puts us right around like the 92 to 96 range. It's a lot. Yeah, a lot of bombs. and it's all hand charges. We don't have any guns, so everything we do is hike too. Yeah. Which there's a fair amount of routes that are skinning. So, yeah, the team's out there in the dark with their headlamps for 45 minutes to an hour hiking up ridgelines prior to sunlight. So, Are you hiring? Is this... All when everybody else is snuggled up in their beds, yeah. looking at their Zs, <laughs> you know, and they show up and we've already worked for six, six hours. I love it. Yeah, my job starts on those mornings at 2.30. So I start what forecasting time, at 2.30. What time do you go to bed? Uh, 6.30. <laughs> Jesus, it's like your bedtime. I know. Your it's bed. like I'm so partying. <laughs> Woo! It's it's yeah. like so. B thing. Street nights were like way late for you. B Street nights, but we didn't have any storm cycles during B Street okay. nights, where I was okay. okay. We but planned. Like last we year, wanted to make sure that that was good for you. Yeah, last yeah. year I struggled though. I talked during like a, a big storm cycle, as like a 26 inch storm in like two and a half days or something. I was yeah. pretty beat for that one, okay. but that's all right. That's awesome. All right, Michelle, introduce yourself. What do you do on the mountain? Oh shit, breaking oh, all breaking the things. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's a perfect start, actually. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm just here to break stuff. It's a back scratcher. That is now a back scratcher. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, cool. Besides breaking stuff, I mean, what else? No, we can okay, fix that two later. Things. It's pretty oh, easy to fix. No, Before we get going, I want to say one disclaimer. I didn't say that. You shouldn't do it. I just said that it wasn't a good idea. What's happening? And then, oh, the whole trailer's falling apart. What's happening? Yeah. Okay. And then second thing, Brandon, is this place falling apart? Yeah. Okay, we're good. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, we're, I'm good. But I'd say it's a good sign. you said, yeah, like, wow. Anybody need some more whiskey? Like, we're going down. So, <laughs> Can I get it right home? <laughs> yeah. uh, you said that, wow. Being an assistant blaster sounds cool. Yeah. I do that. And the answer is yes. Yes. That's <laughs> Some hot. people can do it. Yeah. We're actually having a like patrol that. recruiting day on really? February 26th. Okay. So if anyone is out there and interested in potentially joining Powder Mountain Patrol, yeah. they can come up on the 26th and shadow patrol for the day. We'll do a ski assessment. They can hear Nicole talk a little bit more about the requirements of being a ski patroller. They can listen to our patrol director, Mike Otto, talk about the expectations and just the path of getting the certs that are necessary to do the job. Yeah. So, yeah, the 26th, 26th. of February. You're right. I hear you write a mean schedule. I write a mean schedule. <laughs> And I put the hammer down. I have a T-Rex token on my desk, Brandon, because I'm fierce. Fierce. Wow. And T-Rex socks. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little nervous, <laughs> and I'm far away. <laughs> you should be. That's all right. She's got the little arms. The reach is big. <laughs> little arms. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Okay. So what's your day look like then when you get to the mountain, Michelle? My day looks like on a non-mitigation morning. I get there at 645, 7 o'clock. I just open up my computer. Well, you sleep in compared to Nicole. She's been up there like four Depends or five hours the by the time you get up there. <laughs> I don't show up that early if it's not a mitigation morning. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, check emails. I just do a little... That sounds very corporate. It's it's super corporate, yeah. at least until 7.45. I mentally prepare myself for the day and what lies ahead. 
we do our morning briefing. Um, we get ready to deploy and set up the mountain. Uh, every day is the same but different. Hmm. And that's okay. what keeps it interesting is that it seems like every day it's the same. Like we're running lifts. It's a ski yeah. resort. People come up to strap plastic things on their feet so that they can slide around on snow. And we're just doing our best to try to keep them safe and keep them in check and then help them out when things go awry. Um, and we always have a plan oh for what the day looks like. But sometimes shit hits a fan. <laughs> We got to be prepared for it. And so then how these, do we These react? shows are the same, but a little different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the wall just starts falling down on us. I need some reinforcement. Okay. Yeah, that was actually temporary tape. And so, yeah, so yeah. it's scheduling. It's just helping out wherever people need help. Well, what's a bad day look like for you? Like, are there When bad does the days? shit hit the fan? Like, what does that mean? Uh, I don't want to say that um, there's necessarily bad days. There's just days where... We get spread kind of thin. There's just days where there's a lot of things going on at once. Um, but interestingly, like a bad day are the days that you are forced to really think on your feet and make impromptu decisions and just figure out how to work the pieces of the puzzle to move things around, that there's an injury happening here and all of our resources are going there and then something pops up over here. So let's move our resources here and then something happens somewhere else. And so how do we get people moved around? How do we move the little chess pieces to just make like things work yeah how yeah, do we an upside just... down resort what does that mean for those people who don't know what that is so an upside down resort means that at most resorts you get to the parking lot you park your car you get on the lift and then you go up the lift to ski down to your car so at a right side up resort when there's an injury we can respond from the top and get to you and just get you down to the base area to either ems or to a medical facility Whereas at Powder Mountain, we're upside down. So you park at the top and then you drop in. So we are having to extract people that are injured. Or it can be very confusing when people don't understand the closure times or area boundaries that they end up at the bottom after closure. And so sometimes we're just having to extract people because of their confusion with the layout. Or it's their first time visiting and they don't know how to get back to their car at the end of the day. We just had Dennis and somebody else come to our shop to tell us about a little something. Airflare. Airflare. Yeah. What is that? Wow. Okay. Airflare. <laughs> I was so mad when Airflare initially showed up at Powder Mountain, mostly because it was just another app I was going to have to download on my phone. It right. was just another little technology tidbit. Uh, I was going to have to learn something new. I was going to have to do something outside of Venmo. And yeah, I, I just, I was hesitant to embrace it. Um, but Airflare is, as much as I hate to like make a plug for them, Airflare has been a huge asset for our resort. It's yep. essentially just a tool where they can, uh, we call it ping somebody. They send somebody a text message to ask if they can acquire their coordinates. Ping, pinging. Ping. Ping. I don't. Ping. I don't know what the the correct term for oh, it is. That sounds good. I think it's ping. ping. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ping. You ping them. Yeah. Can we ping you? <laughs> <laughs> so we ping them. Only we, with permission. Only with permission. It, it's true. true. We do have to get permission to ping to ping or be pinged. <laughs> but after they get pinged, and we get. There are coordinates. Uh, it comes through with these coordinates, and we can either transfer that to another app that utilizes GPS coordinates uh, to get to them, to go find them in an area that's as big as Powder Mountain. 
Uh, and it's upside down, and so new people. And by the way, it's a fun mountain. If you've never skied before, you get to just start going downhill. You get one free. You get, you get yes. one free. Run. <laughs> yeah, that is not true. <laughs> you do not get a free run. <laughs> but that's a good point. I mean, Michelle's team. I, we are technically the largest ski resort in North America. Imagine how much rope line that is and oh. how much signage they have to put out. And It's so many signs. It's yeah. 12 miles of rope line. And if you go to a resort like Brian Head, um, an area at Brian Head that would have five runs named at Powder Mountain, you would have mm, maybe one named run. So we just have a very vague description of our resort. So when people say that I'm in Kobabe Canyon, I think that's cool. That's like the size of six Walmarts. Oh, it's more than that. (laughs) uh, So like, how are we going to find you? We're going to find you by pinging you. So download the app, which I think it, I think you had to charge a little bit of money for it, right? I don't even know if you have the app. Yeah, and actually to be pinged, as long as your location settings on your phone aren't turned off, we can ping you whether or not you have the app. Oh, okay. What is sweet about having the app, though, is that if you were to um, hit a tree or get into a tree well or have something weird happen where you can't respond to your phone, if we were to send you an Airflare and you have the app downloaded, you don't have to reply and grant us permission to acquire your coordinates we can just automatically get your coordinates. So that way, if you can't get to your phone or something really wild is going on, we can just ping you, and then we can find you. That's so great. Can we just have you ping here for podcasts to ping everyone? You just need to set that up on your board so that you hit the ping. Yeah, Yeah, because I don't have anything close to that. Let's see. I have... This is going to be horrible. Uh... It's the best ping we got. We need to put in just the ping now. Yeah, no, we got to put the ping in. So ping. I'll see if I can just do that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. And that was like my second ping. <laughs> Ever? He's a new pinger around Natural. these parts. Yeah. <laughs> there can only be one <laughs> pinger. <laughs> I'll take it. That's a responsibility. Awesome, Michelle. Sounds like a fun job. Thanks for everything you do up there. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I know you're excited. I'm so excited. That's good. I thought you were going to say you'd start your day doing yoga because I was looking at the pose over here when I thought, can you do that on the mountain? Oh, there's been a good amount of yoga mat time in the office recently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. All right, JP, what do you do on the mountain? What's your official role? You've been up there at least 50 years. Official role. It's a mouthful. But yeah, I've been there for, I've been there for a long time and started as a park rat, you know, just right. Really? Yeah, raking lips and uh, train park manager for a little bit, and let's make you look. Good. I'm gonna move the camera. Got into you all right. Got into uh, the marketing after a good friend of mine Pat left, and yeah, now it's uh, now I just hang out and yeah. How much did you know about marketing before you got into it? Not a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, just. But it's so the cool. The thing I think is awesome about maybe resort marketing is um, there's a huge built-in audience, right? So I don't know how much you have to work to get uh, built to build the audience, how much that's part of your job other than maybe communicating to your, your current size audience, you know, like what's how, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, just look alike audiences on, on 
Facebook, you know, yeah, super yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> if you like no, skiing, do you yeah, like resorts? Exactly. We may be for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, you know, I've been lucky enough, like having people like our CEO, Mark, and, you know, trust, trust me to, uh, to move up and, and take charge. And it's been great, but. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you have dirt on all of them, don't you? What's up? You have dirt on all of them. There's got to be some sort of exchange. Yeah, I think that's why you ended up in a really good position. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We don't have to get into it. Just say yes. Next podcast. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, No, but it's it's good. You know, I mean, just like how cold. There's no marketing like snow marketing. When it doesn't snow, that's when you spend the most money. Sure. That's that's just how it is. That's when you work the hardest. So. But we have a great team, you know, as far as... How stressed are you in, let's say, uh, late November, early December when the snow hasn't flown yet? Probably less stressed than right now. Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're in a good, we're in a good place because we've, like, trained our guests and our patrons to just, uh, you know, know that Powder Mountain doesn't make any snow. It's yeah. going to happen at some point. I think other resorts probably stress a little bit more because they're snowmaking and the weather is not cooperating and they're spending all this money and the pressure's on. Like, you know, Mother Nature, what's going to happen when it happens? And that's kind of been our motto. And, you know, we cap day passes, cap season passes. It's just a different experience at Powder Mountain. We feel like, you know, our guests and people that love the place just understand that and, and, you know, kind of let us fly with that you know yeah uh, yeah i i was talking earlier to a friend of mine today about um the vibe and there, there's vi- there's a different vibe at each resort right how much of that is a or if any is what you do for the marketing team and how much of it is just the people who attend the mountain and in the mountain operations itself uh i think a lot of it is just the resort in general right we have a steep road that not everyone wants to access. Our lifts are slower. We have a massive amount of terrain, but only nine lifts. So it's not for everyone. You know, we don't have all the amenities that other resorts have, uh, but there's beauty in that too. You know, it's it's when people find Powder Mound, they think they found a little piece slice of paradise. Um, and I think that's... You either, yeah, though, no, JP. I also it. think it's like... Once again, I'm going on mm-hmm. year 20, so like I also think there's like a very, very intimately cool connection with employees at Powder Mountain. Yeah, and so the and your the like dad's works there. I'm sorry. Your parents work. Yeah, my right? dad still works yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, like I grew up. I mean, I've been around these guys for a long time. Like yeah. Michelle's probably one of my best girlfriends I've ever had. You know, like I've I hang but, out with and JP does that outside of down work. To lift operator, which who are talk to the guests you know yeah what I mean? yeah that's what i'm saying like um due to this kind of more i don't know what the right i don't want to say the wrong yeah it is like a family right i don't want to say the wrong marketing words right but it is it, it's a positive <laughs> don't thing. screw it up okay <laughs> no, i'm trying to get to the point that it's like a positive thing yeah. like it's so tight-knit and the stoke level is like so high all the time through the employees that even if we are on six weeks of high pressure like we're just constantly kind of reinventing these ways to still have like a really really good time yeah you know and that and i think that when guests or i could be wrong but i think when i see guests like doing you know they see employees doing this that it's it's contagious a little bit right like 
I think so. I, and yeah. I don't want to like talk about like my department or past events, but we just had like this really awesome beacon park that was well supported by the marketing team in Powder Mountain on Saturday. And, and it was dreamt up kind of because we were in high pressure. And I was like, oh, I got to I got to find something to do, you know, and the amount of like, in, I mean, there was dance parties, there was dogs, there was it was just like, like, it just infested this thing of like welcoming and and hominess and co and community connection mm -hmm. uh, where and once again, I'm not trying to negatively talk on any resort because I've been to a lot of amazing ski resorts, but there's this feeling that you have that's so empowering, I guess, at powder. Like the stoke level is just so high all the time, even when it's not great skiing. You put, you put Nicole on a mic, and I mean, you know, you're going to get people partying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happens. Some people that's party. what happens. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are we doing I'm right now? I'm partying right We're now. We're all drinking yeah, yeah, yeah. way more than we usually do. Yeah, on the podcast, that, yeah. So. yeah but I, th I, I think that the, the, the employee commitment and passion, like you, you talk to. I don't know what the numbers are, but there's a good majority of people at Powder Mountain that have been there for a really long time. And you ask them, what are they doing? Like, I'm going to be here next year. I'm going to be here next year. I'm going to be here next year. Like, they just truly, truly love it. Like, when you pull up to Sunrise and Blue's playing his old jazz music and dancing with his beautiful wife and RJ's out there hooting and hollering. And, you know, there's just, there's so many, like, classic names that have been there for so long that I think it like really infuses this environment that that a lot of people when they show up are like very very attracted to, and yeah. very you know they they just connect very very easily like it's a very accepting place it's a very open place it's the stoke is high the yeah, stoke is always stoke high is and it's been like that for a yeah long and even time. like I'm saying with it's six great. weeks of no yeah. snow you know like it's still happening. Lifties are having the yeah. best day of their life, and you know every I single day you're just like, wow, okay, cool. <laughs> JP, is there another? I don't know what I'm gonna say because Powder Mountain's so big, but small as far as like, you know, corporate or whatever. It's mm -hmm. not this big behemoth of a, of a business. Is there another resort in in the USA somewhere that is similar to Powder Mountain in that you're like that place is cool, and you sort of maybe. Uh, Look at each other for marketing tips or something. So something where you respect the way they do what they do. Yeah, um, you know, I always like Targi. I think that's a that's a good spot. Uh, Wolf Creek, down south, southwest corner, Colorado. Um, but I mean, you know, there's such a large spectrum and kind of every resort is totally place. different. It's yeah. so weird how I mean, every resort has its own personality, so it's hard to compare them like that. Is there but do you travel often during the seasons or do you I mostly don't get just focus to, on you know, home? we don't get to leave much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always hard. it's always hard and if it is, you know, it's for a day or two and it's a quick quick one and um there's no marketing conference yeah. with all the different <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, we, <laughs> we all talk to each other and you know, with Ski Utah our group like we're everyone you know, we all get along super well and, and work together really well. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, Utah sees, you know, just a fraction of all the skiers visits compared to Colorado and California. And, um, but, you know, we, we play well together. Okay. Is, so you're dug great. in here in Ogden and powder, mm -hmm. but if, a, if resort, whatever called, which resort would that be where you'd be like, dun, dun, I might, dun. I might have to think about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I, that's tempting. If I had to pick one resort. Hmm. Resort I haven't been to, but I don't know. I'd probably go Powder Highway somewhere up in there. Okay. Powder yeah. Highway. Yeah. Okay. 
Canada. Mm, you know, can. I am Canadian. Start too, recruiting. You know, so yeah. It's easy. It's easy yeah. for me to cross the border. <laughs> it's they easy. don't check my bags too much. You know? <laughs> so when when I was visiting Maine and we went to Campobello Island, so that's on the, which direction would that be? The far east. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the first place the sun comes up and hits the states or whatever. Camp Bell Island. We're going to Camp Bell Island. Bangor. In in a Bangor, yes. Yeah. In a rental car, okay? With family, kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, let me see your passes. Let me see like what are we gonna do? Take over the island? Yeah. I was shocked. I'm like, it's Canada. <laughs> it's like there's like an ex president's house over there on yeah. the island or whatever. And I'm like, why so harsh on on us Americans trying to come to hang out on the island? That's funny. Prime Minister, first of all, so excuse you, but <laughs> no, no, no. Our oh, on, oh, it's on U.S. This side. Pres- oh, okay. U.S. President. Right, I right. want to say Roosevelt. It was his summer home that was on the Canadian oh, nice. island over there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, don't screw up the Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> our, if that tells you, our sum, our president had to build a summer home in Canada. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> One of them. Look at the capital right now. Ottawa's looking, you know, <laughs> pretty crappy. Looking pretty crappy? No. Uh, okay. Thanks so much, you guys, for joining us. I appreciate having you all here. To, and it's been an interesting season so far. Hopefully, snow helps a little bit. And I, I always tell people, like, dude, don't snow. Don't, don't cry over nothing, like, in February. Because we sometimes get huge storms at the end of February. And then this little trickle storm's coming. But hope maybe we'll get something else. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so one last question before you guys leave. And so getting to know what you've done and you're kind of excel. You've been here for 20 years. Um, You have a dream job. You all three have dream jobs, right? And so how about a piece of advice to somebody who's younger that's listening that would love to do what you do? Like what advice would you give to them um, to kind of get to where you are at this point? What piece of advice would you have liked to have had and maybe you already got it obviously if you grew up in i'll start but um just do what you love and work hard i think that's the only i think i was taught i worked this one job somewhere and uh they just taught me how to work hard it was hard on me and i didn't not like it but it taught me a lot and i feel like that's what really helped me succeed i don't have you know, I have a associate's degree. I'm not a marketing professional. I've learned as I go, and here I am now. So that's that's my advice. That's great advice. Michelle? Yeah, I think that it's really good to be open-minded and just know that you have to start really small. Um, at Powder Mountain, I started as a lift operator. I just went through the realms as a patroller, and I was just in the right place at the right time. And luckily... I had gone through the smaller pieces to have those interdepartmental relationships to get to where I got today. And sometimes I think that it might have just been luck. But um, also just with the jobs that I've got working in the summer as well, you have to do sometimes some jobs that aren't ideal and jobs that don't pay really well just so you can acquire some skills to get you through to the top. Like you just have to kind of start small and keep working through like things that aren't like the greatest jobs. Um, But yeah, just being really open-minded to any position to give you the skills that are going to get you to where you want to go. And anytime that an opportunity comes up, just like 
apply for things because you're not going to get for things in life if you're not applying for them. That is such a great answer. But I have to ask, Mm -hmm. you've got to let us know at least one of those really crap summer jobs that you've had in the past. Oh, wow. I've had a lot of those. I I worked as a fish farmer in Big Water, Utah, outside of Page, Arizona, for the Department of Natural Resources for two summers. I had a really sweet job as a campground host in Maple Canyon for a summer, which is so awesome. I got to climb a lot, but I made $25 a week. Um, So there's just like volunteer (laughs) positions that you have to do. I've worked on like a boat ramp at Pineview Reservoir checking for quagga mussels, mm, but that went good on. Times. No, it was terrible, but it. I think you're bragging now. <laughs> but that kind of job like went onto a resume that ultimately led to me becoming a park ranger in Yosemite. Oh yeah. So it's dreamy. Oh yeah. All right, cool. So mine is, um, shoot, so the, the jobs that I have, both my winter and my summer job, are not degree related; they're experience related. So I think the can, number can one. Can we say that you have a degree in fly fishing? I don't have. I'm getting a degree in fly fishing. Can you actually do that? Uh, you cannot, but I'm. Okay. Cr- you can get a life degree, right? Right. In fly right, fishing, right, right. yes. Entomology. And you can get, but that's not fly fishing. <laughs> that's like the understanding of bugs, right? Yeah, like, it, you, I mean, you can go get a snow science degree at MSU, but that doesn't mean you can be a forecaster. Mm. So um, something that I learned pretty early and because I had this very, very strongly and then it left me and now I have gotten it back again, thankfully, is uh, for the jobs that I have, which is the snow safety director and then in the, win- in the summer, sorry, I'm a fly fishing guide, mentorship. And if you can't find a mentor or find someone to take you, what were you going to say? <laughs> Email <laughs> Nicole Die at. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, the, it's the biggest advocate you can have. If you're interested, you'll, you'll figure out a way to get the education and the experience and that stuff. If you don't have someone willing to take you under their wing for whatever reason, reason it is seek mentorship and if you can't get it where you're at leave and go somewhere else getting a mentor in the two fields that I do are the most critical thing you can ever do and mentorship is typically you know it's bigger than just like learning about like the topic that you're trying to learn about there's there's a lot of stuff there but I couldn't I mean and it doesn't matter if you're five years or two years or 25 years in if you don't have a mentor at 25 years into your career you need to go find a mentor that, and that may be a job change. That may just be switch, you know, a state change. It might be reaching out to somebody else that you haven't ever talked to before. But I would say that would be my biggest, biggest thing. Like find a mentor when it leaves. If it leaves, find another one. Don't ever like not have a mentor in what you do as far as a snow safety director goes or a snow safety worker. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Todd, who's your mentor? I'm not going to say you. You wanted me to say you. No. <laughs> I like to think we kind of started at a similar place. No, that was, no. Okay, so I do have to follow up uh, with one quick question as far as the summer-winter dynamic where you fish in the summertime. Um, What sort of balance between the two? Are you looking forward to one while the other one is happening? Is it just a seamless thing at this point? How do you and some of your peers handle that transition between summer and winter. Yeah, so this is my, this is going on my, and Michelle has worked a lot of seasonal work, so she could comment on this as well, but this is my eighth year of, or going into this summer will be my eighth year of seasonal work. 
And um, does that? Did you just party the first twelve years then of being in the of my life, uh, or like? When, <laughs> yeah, because this is only eight years with seasonal work, and so if you're, does that mean you were only working so in I the winter I time? So I guess I technically worked seasonal work prior to, but I was still in Ogden when I worked it. So I managed an indoor soccer facility okay. for twelve years. Okay, well, that counts. But like, I was in Utah though, okay. right? So like, yeah. I now I moved to Montana right. during the summers, and I live in Ogden during the winters, okay. obviously. Um, like you serious split seasons. Yeah, I have pretty serious split seasons. Yeah. Um, I do look forward to them, especially when it's high pressure. I'm dreaming of fly fishing right now. Um, I would still say, and I apologize to anybody at Big Sky Anglers that this gets to, um, I do still like skiing is my number one for sure. I'll never leave anywhere that I can't ski. You can fish a lot of places, but you can't ski a lot of places. Oh, can you, is there and anywhere you can ski and fly fish at the same time? Like like the like, like right at the same time? Yeah, like, Oh yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of places. Right. Maybe that should yeah. be a new Olympic sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, her, I want her to become a tarpon guy down in the Keys or something like that and then yeah. like, just go down there. Yeah, 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 but I know. got plenty of those friends. Saltwater I don't need to. Fish. Yeah. One of those. yeah. No. Um Wait, what was a question? How do I manage my seasons? Just a, These guys keep interrupting me. Yeah, they do. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun part. You got me thinking about I that. I think <laughs> as far as the transition between the two. Yeah, so the transition between the two is great because I love change. If you don't like change, this probably isn't for you. But it also isn't easy. Like I'm kind of grounded. I've, I kind of feel like I just roll into Ogden and I'm here for like six months and then I move away. And then I just get to Montana and I like get settled in my little camp trailer that I live in. Yeah, so you I, like literally live in another place. Yeah, in a trailer yeah. too, in a fifth wheel trailer does parked this, on some property. Does this feel like comfortable to this you? This is like home right okay. now. Yeah. yeah, this is home for except sure. Except for it's falling down behind. Yeah, except the walls are falling. <laughs> well, actually, like that's kind of like mine. It feels like home. The only other thing that would be better if I had like a pitter patter of some rain on my face in my bed. <laughs> okay. That would be about the only other thing right. that would be better. Um, yeah, so the transition there, I think it's like the the thing that is like the best and it's the thing that is the worst yeah. if that's a fair statement no i totally understand. yeah like it's yeah. it's i love change i love like i have like this whole family in montana that i never thought i would have these people that um i probably wouldn't even be friends with if it wasn't for fly fishing mm. you know and i would have never met and now i have this whole group of people that are currently spread all around the united states chasing all their wintertime dreams right and then we all come together in the same like place because we have such a big passion and a big commitment to each other and a big connectivity and then i also get to come back and do that during the winter like in the summer my friends are spread out all over the place Dad, we gotta get you on in the summer because i mean last summer would have been inter interesting because there's a little river issue but there's always a little river issue okay Right. There was a currently a river issue. There's all we. This is different podcast. No, different yeah. podcast. But yeah, it's yeah, interesting. So ma yeah. later, later. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Very good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got it. Listen, I got to burn through some news stories. Feel free to type in. Real, or can I can I jump in, in with yes three things? Wow. About three powder. things. Three, three things, things. Quick. One but three. Quick. Okay. No, you good. Tet tetra two <laughs> Tetra event. March 25th. I just want to... He just, just got like, a text. He's like, say, you got to mention these Yeah, things. exactly. <laughs> I just have two two events and then one one big one big thing. Um, but yeah, Tetra event on March 25th, just to Bing. add to the list. Uh, adaptive ski race uh, with the Tetra ski out of uh, University of Utah, which will be Very on cool. a Friday. Super, a yeah. super fun event. And then the Hill Fest, which is a large event 
great music. Uh, Mississippi, North Mississippi All Stars, Andy Frasco. Oh, wow, that's this will huge. Be, it is, oh, man, off the top of my head, April twenty second to the twenty fourth. Thank you, Michelle. And this is a hill climb event slash uh, outdoor festival, music, all that stuff. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of hill climb are we talking? Snowmobile. Blah, blah. Oh, snowmobile. Okay. Yeah. That late in the season, huh? Yeah, it's the, okay. it's the finals for, for Rimshaw. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, the finals for Rimshaw. I think Rimshaw it'd be fun. Like, okay, you got to dodge the skiers. Yeah. And then <laughs> safety. Up cash, but we'll see if they're on dirt or they're on snow. And then um, the last thing. But not least, and I don't know yeah. if you were going to bring this up. Maybe. Dirt Mountain. No. Bing! Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this is new, right? This is new. Okay. So we had our bike building. This is huge. Trail building this team. Is yeah. Very, very huge. Yeah. Uh, start building flow trails last summer. We're you know, almost done with our second trail. We're going to be doing some lift access mountain biking on Hidden Lake. Inaugural season, 2022. Uh, five-year plan, build-out plan. You know, we'll end up with about 15 trails or so overall. Um, but yeah, that's that's big for us. Lift and access. What's the uh, cost to do lift access? Do so you... we haven't finalized all of that <laughs> yet. It's but, new. You know, yeah, it's new. I mean, uh, d- day tickets are going to be are going to range between you know 30 and and 45 bucks. Are you doing uh, like a weekend only? Is this seven days a week? What's the so th- this inaugural year will be four days a week, Thursday. Okay. Thursdays will be 10 to 8, so that will be your night riding crowd on Thursdays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 10 to 5, and after Labor Day, weekends only, and then year two, we move into five days a week, year four, oh. we move into seven days a week. No so, way, really? Uh, no. So yeah, so, you know, Deer Valley, we're coming for you. Wow. <laughs> Big deal. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's yeah, awesome. That's exciting. Very good. And uh, sorry, what's opening day for that? Opening day is... When the snow melts, yeah. kind yeah. of with everything else, we're going to be capping day passes, season passes, just like winter. So, yeah. Is right. Dirt Mountain your name? No, is no. This is, that's just a hashtag. You oh, know, it's still Powder Mountain, but uh, who owns Dirt Mountain? I don't know. That's I just, love that uh, name. Yeah. It sounds just right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> the trails are sweet, though. I mean, we got to shoot on, on one of them last year. And on our first green trail, and I mean, they they just killed it. You know, our team is is just awesome at it. Oh. Um, and then the blue trail is halfway done, big jumps. Um, not, I mean, still being able to roll over and everything. Uh, you know, Michelle's going to be highly involved as our bike patrol. Uh, manager. Bike patrol. Is yeah. this your, is this your new summer gig? <laughs> I'm still trying to convince her, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get her a new bike or something like that. <laughs> you can never leave the resort. <laughs> You're stuck with us. Uh, but we're super stoked. I mean, Hidden Lake, everything's gonna be at the top of Hidden Lake. You know, we'll have 30 plus bikes ready to rent from Commence Hall. Um, tacos, beers, and bikes back at the top of Hidden Lake, but it's downhill now. God, I love it. It's gonna be. That's fun. so fun. I know. Oh we're my stoked. gosh, we're stoked. Good that's stuff. all I got. Okay, no, I'm glad. I'm, yeah, I'm so, done talking. I'm so happy you did that. No, that's good. I'm so happy you did that. Okay, so ski report. Um, all right, who knows your base? Do you know your base? 42. 155. Oh <laughs> I think last it was 42. 42? Oh, okay. oh I, I thought you said season total. Sorry. Base, oh, base, base. like, yeah, uh, between um, 40 and 50. Yep, yeah, Ski Utah has it at 40. How reliable is, is they update daily? What's their yeah, they we we update that every okay. morning. Yeah. All right, got it at forty today. Mm-hmm. Snow basin at forty six. 
And then by Friday, it'll be 110, I think. Is what <laughs> most likely. It's most likely going to be. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Stranded. Uh, these are just quick news stories. And so we're going to burn through these. Stranded skier airlifted off Ben Loman. You guys hear about this? Yep. Michelle, what happened? Do you know? Um, I know that a hiker. Wait, wait is this a violation? Backpacker? I don't. It's on the news. It's not a violation. Um, a hiker started bootpacking up a southwest ridge at noon on Friday and called for help at 11 p.m. Friday evening and was distracted by the helicopter Saturday morning. Weber County Sheriff's Office Search and Rescue said the skier hiked up the mountain in an attempt to ski out but became trapped in an area where he could not descend safely. Um, okay. That's a, that's expensive, I guess. Good talk. Good talk. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Mitt Romney says that we will get the Olympics again. And if Mitt says so, <sighs> let it be true. Oh, I should probably be the one that saved the Olympics last time. Technically, I, I wasn't here yet. I think so. that's true. I think he. I know he's very open about the fact that he says that's the greatest Olympics. thing that's ever happened um, in Utah in the history of Utah. In the history of Utah, and it will be the greatest thing that's ever happened to Utah in the history of Utah. Yeah, there you well, go. a big fan. I wouldn't mind having them back. I mean, it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, did you guys go to any of that stuff last time when they were here? But isn't this like the like? Hmm? Is this like the fourth or fifth Olympics that have been on man-made snow? Okay, well, I'm yeah, going to get Beijing, to that. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's, let's, let's burn through it was, a, it was in his gonna, notes to talk yeah. about this. We're going to get to that. Yeah. A teen oh, skier died in a collision at Alta Resort. I thought I heard somebody died at Basin, too. Someone died at Basin? Maybe it's just not it Basin. Solitude. Solitude. That was like a week and a half Alta. Ago, a 14-year-old died Sunday at Alta. Mm-hmm. Um, colliding with another skier. That's so sad. In the Sugarloaf area. Just before 10 a.m. when the collision occurred. So, yeah, sent him to chil- uh, Primary Children's Hospital and he died from injuries. God, that's terrible. Be careful out there. Four human-caused avalanches triggered on moderate-risk weekend in Colorado. <clears throat> Five backcountry travelers are safe after they were each involved in one of four separate avalanche incidents that took place in different parts of the state. Over This is from out there, Colorado. Parts of the state over the weekend, one of which which sent a man sliding two to three hundred feet off a fifty foot cliff, according to the Colorado Avalanche Information Center. The four incidents took place during three different activities, one involving two skiers, another involving a snowmobiler, and another involving a man on foot. They occurred on days that were low to moderate avalanche threat level. So I guess that can occur, Nicole. Low to yes, low to moderate. It can. (laughs) Well, moderate low means it could still happen. Yeah, moderate is definitely can happen. Like yeah, yes. But moderate feels like in your head, from what we know of the definition of moderate, you got a pretty good chance. And apparently, no. Yeah. So the 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 way they rate these the avalanche danger scale is it's 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 not just like green, yellow, red, right? It's not like a stoplight, right? Yeah. It's it's exponentially higher as you step up into stuff. Yeah. And they use these verbiage like human triggered are likely or human triggered are unlikely or naturals are possible or likely or unlikely. Can you just do the red light, green light? Because that'd be so much Do you easier. want me to read these things? No, 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 no. I mean, oh, like, you want me to- if, the, if you could just tell the snow 
to like today you're gonna go and tomorrow you're not, then right. we would all know if it's right. safe to go or safe to not go. Right. Maybe that could be somebody's like uh, doctorate thesis. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. See if they can figure out a way to control that. It would until save then lives. Save we're lives. gonna just continue to run with the. <laughs> but just know the lesson North here American is even if it says kill. low to moderate, you could die, and you could yeah, low. Mo- you'll hear it a lot in the yeah. avalanche road. Like lo- low doesn't mean no. Right. Yeah. Right. And 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 the thing is too is low doesn't mean like so. There's also these things called D scales, which are destructive scales. So we rate avalanches a one through five, and I'm not gonna go into that too deeply. But that's too bad. Um, yeah, you don't want me to. We'll be here till tomorrow. Um, but uh, like the the D ones and stuff like that can still happen in low, which D one is technically rated relatively harmless to humans. Mm. But if a D one pushes you over a, a thirty cliff. foot cliff, yeah, you're done. Yeah, even if it only hits you at like the calf and it swept mm. you off your feet. So it's a it's a weird rating scale in that like and 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 the color orientation is weird, right? Because when people say green, they see green and they see low, right? They think it's like skeet if it's white, which generally speaking that can be, but they're always the all these avalanche centers and they do a good job of this are always going to still highlight these uncertain areas or these risky areas, if you will that may have pockets of, let's say, moderate or considerable, even though the major area is low. And so if you're going to go jump into those pockets where the risk is higher, you know, you could mm-hmm. still have some issues with, with D1s on low days based off your terrain. Right. You know, so meadow skipping is one thing, but skiing like a steep coulard on a low with nobody that has skied it could potentially result in a facet slough or a dry loose or and you could be going for a fairly sizable ride you know off of a d1 avalanche no one wants to go for a sizable ride on no one wants to go for a ride period yeah 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 uh okay in uh your our weekly moose story um oh what the heck how come it didn't change out moose or bear it's moose moose or moose actually yeah but i don't know why i didn't uh I didn't swap out. I, got, I still have us. Mitt on here. You're teasing us with the moose story. I don't want Mitt on there. I got rid of Mitt. Oh, we'll just go back to me. Uh, okay, so a moose, a raging moose in Alaska. This is from. This is also from out there, Colorado. It, man, this is scary. This sounds like a loaded word. I'm curious to hear this. Story. No, raging moose. A team of sled, sled dogs and their mushers were brutally attacked by a massive bull moose over the span of more than an hour last Thursday during a 52-mile run in the Alaskan wilderness. Wilderness. As he charged me, I emptied my gun into him, and he never stopped. I ran for my life, and I prayed it. I was fast enough to not be killed in that moment. He trampled the team of dogs and then turned for us and charged us humans who sought refuge beside our machine. Um... Watkins cut six dogs that were connected to the machine loose to give them a chance to escape, but unfortunately went back to the team, attached to the sled, and trampled them over and over repeatedly for nearly an hour. She says, I never felt so helpless in my life. I would not leave us, it would not leave us alone and even stood over the top of the team refusing to retreat. So actually none of the dogs have died yet. One is undergoing surgery for like a brain hemorrhage, but um, don't mess with moose, man. Moose are dangerous. Ask Michelle about her moose encounter. Like, not good. I'm going to tee like, that up. Sounds like everyone was having a bad day that day. <laughs> yeah, not good. Moose are scary. <laughs> it's not good. Climbing sabotage. 
Grease smeared on Moab boulder holds. <coughs> Visitors to Moab's Big Bend bouldering area on Saturday noticed something unusual. Someone had smeared petroleum-based grease on molt- this is terrible on holds of multiple boulder problems. The story gained traction over the weekend via social media broadcasting by Moab locals like pro climber Steph Davis. Davis's post showed the vandalized condition of the boulders and a later edit posits the theory that someone familiar with the area and the specific problems and moves committed it. Please note that all the effective holds are on specific uh, eliminate problems, element, eliminate problems, while other nearby holds on the same boulder were not greased. They're greasing holds in Moab. Why are you, do you know, this is, why would they do this? Project haters. Project haters. Are you serious? They don't want someone to get the send before them? That's terrible. <sighs> Project haters. Finally, is this no, no, this is second to last story. A Jackson, Wyoming man fell to his death in Apocalypse Collier in Grand Teton National Park. Do you guys know where this is at? No? It's called Death Canyon. Teton Interagency Dispatch Center received a call in the afternoon of Feb- February 13th about a skier involved in a fall in the Apocalypse Collier in Death Canyon. Grand Teton National Park Rangers and Teton County Search and Rescue jointly responded to the incident. Yeah, I think after this accident, they need to spitball a new name. Yeah, that name it's like is death. It really means death. Yeah, it's that called apocalypse. Happy Happy yeah. Happy Canyon. Twenty-seven-year-old Radcliffe Spencer is no longer. He suffered a fatal fall while skiing the Collier. Oh, that's sad. And let's see. Is this the final news story? Yeah, final news story. Final news story. Snow screws up the Winter Olympics in (laughs) Beijing. (laughs) Uh, Snow causes chaos in Beijing 2020 Winter Olympics from snow brains. So they normally get um, two inches, I want to say. Yeah, Beijing usually average. How did we pick a venue that normally gets two inches of annual snowfall all winter. And this weekend they got four to six and it was chaos. Uh, I think it has something to do with money, Brandon. Oh, uh, weird. I don't think so. They were just be- being nice. The snowfall brought chaos to the schedule as fresh snow and poor visibility caused the cancellation of several events. Oh my God. The men's giant slalom was postponed while course workers cleared the snow. They cleared the snow. They could ski on fresh snow. Uh, and the skiers complained of poor visibility during the race. A second women's downhill training run scheduled for Sunday was also canceled, and the men's cross-country relay skates was ski race was postponed while workers used <coughs> leaf blowers to clear the tracks. <coughs> God, we're just in a what different world. Oh dear. Yes. Okay. Those till- tillers deeper. I've mixed the snow in. I don't know. I hate it when it snows. It's so nice to have some snow during the winter. All right, worth watching. Banff is this weekend, just so you know. Gear 30 segments, 15% off winter hard goods at Gear 30. We are officially, like, we can't put them on sale yet, but if you come into the store, we hook you up. 15% off winter hard goods at Gear 30. Also, two brands are collaborating on a new airbag system. Any any guesses on the brands? Huge, big brands. Big brands in the outdoor industry competing or combining. I don't know. I'm going to guess Patagonia because they like to partner with people. That. That's a good guess, but no. Ortovox and Arcteryx. I was going to say, I was thinking Arcteryx. Yeah, Arcteryx. So every now and then the competitor competitors in our industry join forces to do something important together. 
the latest of these partnerships. This is from Outside Business Journal. Involves Ordovox and Arcteryx. The two brands have teamed up to create an avalanche airbag system they're calling the new benchmark for mountain safety. The new technology, a name I can't pronounce, uh, capital L, lowercase i, capital T, capital R, capital I, capital C. Litric? Litric. Litric. Anyway, represents one of the lightest avalanche airbag systems on the market at just 2.4 pounds, powered by a lithium-ion battery, holds 60 hours of charge, and two inflations. So there you go, Ordovox and Arcteryx coming out with that. Nicole's going to be like, we need new packs. No, 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 no. 60 <laughs> hours isn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Great for um, a recreationalist. I don't know if that's good for a prof- professional. My land segment, Zions is unsustainable because the numbers are too big. Okay, let's okay. We'll skip that. Um, and the West is in a mega drought. The worst, this says the driest in at least 1,200 years. Does that feel feels like it today but you know it feels like it at powder mountain for the month of february yeah <laughs> we were looking for real yeah, we were looking at graphs and they're just like past 10 years and it's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> it just dives <laughs> takes a dive oh 150 inches for the season didn't make the cut chili's sandboard world cup snowboarder ski sorry <clears throat> stormtrooper ski as punishment and the best ski bum job which one would you like to hear Chili, best ski bum job. You know it. You know it. <laughs> right? What's your guess? Mm. You know it. Lifty? Bed and breakfast. Bed and breakfast. Um, the best ski, this is according to Snow Brains, the best ski bum job adaptive raft guide for the National Ability Center in Moab, Utah. Raft guiding is one of the most rewarding jobs you can do during the summer, especially for Utah's National Ability Center. You can work with a variety of clients uh, with varying disabilities. And so, in other words, this is a recruiting effort by them. They're looking for guides. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Uh, okay. I think, Jesus, we made it all the way through, you guys. I'm so proud of you. You did so good. This week's quote of the week, tears come from the heart, not from the brain. Thank you, Leonardo da Vinci. Bing. Bing. On Valentine's Day. <laughs> What's that uh, one again? Say that again. Tears come from the heart, not the brain. That's Leonardo da Vinci. Actually, they come from your eyeballs. Thank you. That's true. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification on that. Thank you to Banding One for powering today's 386th episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventures show. Listen and subscribe to the Banding Collective on YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thebandingcollective.com, and the Podbean app for Android and iPhones. All the show notes. And the links are available at thebandycollective.com. You can DM us on Instagram at Ogden Adventure. This week's outdoor jukebox is uh, Corey Mon, I think. Yes. It's John Muir. It's Corey Mon uh, as heard on Van Sessions. John Muir would say the mountains are calling and we um, must go. I won't go any further because I don't want to incriminate myself anymore. No, no. But yeah, She'll hear it. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit funky, a little bit of fun. <laughs>
gonna stop. She ain't gonna stop. She gonna stop, stop. She ain't gonna stop. She gonna stop me. Getting to you.